Hey friends, I am so glad that you have joined me here on the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp, and I have to tell you that I am really excited about this upcoming season of the podcast. Now, you may know that we took a little bit of a break in the spring to revisit the possibilities for the Courage Cast, and that meant a lot of soul searching, planning, revisiting what worked and what didn't, and really then coming back to the basics and deciding what we wanted to share with you. And it's been really important not only to bring you high quality content, but also to empower you to step out into those moments of bravery when you need it the most. And something that's been on my mind for a while, but if I'm really honest with you, I was so nervous to do, was to share with you candid coaching conversations that I have with clients in my business. Yep, it's not easy to be vulnerable and to share openly, even when you're a coach, but definitely when you're being coached. And that's the case when the conversation is being recorded for the purposes of sharing it here with you on the Courage Cast. But what we found out was as soon as I pressed record on the very first coaching conversation, I realized that it was not only going to give you a window into the coaching process, but it was also going to be a key to transformation in your life because so much good came out of it. And you really get to see what you need, how it can change your life, one thought, one conversation can really be the catalyst that you need to make a massive change in your life. So as you listen to this very first coaching conversation, I want to encourage you to see yourself and then take what you need for your life. Now there's definitely going to be things that you resonate with and also things that don't apply to you. So what we're going to do is start by looking back in order to move forward. And this season is going to be full of coaching conversations. And of course, we're going to have many incredible women that share their stories and who are willing to be brave in the face of extraordinary life circumstances. I'm so, so glad you're here, friend. Welcome to season three of The Courage Cast. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week, we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. One of the deepest struggles that we face as women is coming to terms with our true self. And from a very young age, we can be bombarded with images and societal pressures to be something that we're not. You just see it every day, even when you go on Instagram, you scroll through your feed and you can be instantly caught up in comparing yourself, wishing your life was something else, feeling like you need to be more of something and less of something else. And in order to fit in, we fall into that trap and we take on this false version of who we truly are. We hide the person that we want to be, the person that we're becoming, in hopes that maybe will be enough for the people around us. And when you add to that childhood trauma, abuse, addiction, rejection, 
it can be a really difficult web to untangle. My friend Amanda sat down with me and graciously agreed to let me coach her for the very first coaching conversation here on the Courage Cast. Now, this is not our first session together, but it was the first time she knew that others would be listening in to our conversation. And I can tell you, it was kind of hard at first. She had a really difficult time opening up, but I have to applaud her for her courage to step out and be seen. When one of the biggest struggles she's had in her life is being known and seen by those that she loves the most. In this conversation, she opens up about the pain she has experienced trying to prove not only to herself, but to others that she is enough. And although she desperately wants to be seen as the truest version of herself, she struggles to dismantle the laws of protection that she has carefully and meticulously built around her life. And Amanda wrestles with feelings of not being enough. And the way she does that is by assimilating to those around her, trying to become what she perceives others want her to be. And in this conversation, we're going to dive really deep into the fear that holds her back and causes her to shrink back from the person she was really truly meant to be. You're just wrestling with feeling like you're not enough. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, I think I've always struggled with not feeling enough. And I think it likely comes out of either my childhood or being a two on the Enneagram, is that you're always trying to prove to people that you can be there for them and that you're enough for them. And I think that's really created that idea for me that I'm never enough because I'm always working towards getting something or some other kind of achievement. No, I don't know how to exactly express it. I think it's more of the idea that I always feel like I have to be on and have to perform for people to even remotely be seen by them. And so as I've journeyed within myself to put up boundaries and to not overperform for people, it's caused me to feel like I'm not enough. How do you want to be seen? I think I'd like to be seen as someone who's authentic. And I'm not quite sure that anybody ever sees that side of me. I think I do put up a lot of walls to keep people at a distance and I definitely perform a lot to keep people from seeing who I am. But I think, honestly, I'd love for people to see my heart and where that kind of could take me or could be. I just, I don't know that people ever see that genuine side of me who feels comfortable enough to not have to perform. When you're saying you're performing or you feel like you're performing, what are things that you feel like you're doing that are performing? I think one of the big things I do is I do tend to 
assimilate into the group I'm in. So picking up the traits of the people around me more than being genuinely myself. I think that's something that I've struggled with. And some days I find that I can avoid that. And other days I feel like I'm just doing and being the exact thing the person around me needs. So that can be anything from appeasing them when they speak and just agreeing with everything that comes out of their mouth and not stating my own opinion or I think just feeling the needs that people have and everybody has tons of needs and I tend to jump in and take care of those for people without being asked. So that's part of my performance. What do you think would happen if you stopped doing those things? If you stopped jumping in and helping the person, even if they don't ask or assimilating to a situation or agreeing with a conversation, what would happen to you? What would happen to those relationships? I think my fear around that is that people, people won't like me, that they won't find value in me, that they won't want to be around me because if I'm not doing something, then I'm not needed. And for me, and this is a huge thing that I struggle with because I realize there's not truth in it, but if I'm not needed, then I'm not loved or valued. So my fear is that people will leave. Has that happened before? Yeah. At times when I've put up boundaries and have decided not to overperform and not um, give people the exact thing, exact thing they expect from me, I have had relationships change and I have had people leave um, my world or change the relationships to the point where it does feel like they're gone. And how did that make you feel or respond? What did that do to you? I think that it validated my fear of if I'm too much of myself, people won't accept it. I think it's that idea of if we're not the exact person people expect us to be, or if we change or if we grow and our own identity changes for the better and people don't agree with it, that it, it's caused me to really shrink back because I feel like I tried it out and I or am trying out being my authentic self and It hasn't landed well everywhere. And so I think it's caused me to want to hide from that or to remain in that fear. Because it's painful when people, when you really, it's painful when you get to this point where you do trust people enough to show them who you actually are and, and have that 
be rejected or to perceive that it was rejected. So you mentioned you are in the process right now of becoming someone different and showing that to the world and showing yourself to the world. Who do you want to be when you start showing up for these relationships, whether they're ones that you continue to have or ones that you begin to have? Who is it that you want to show up as? I just want to be able to show up as me. Like I just want to know what it's like to show up somewhere and not have to put on a mask, not have to hide behind something that I've always put up and just get to go into environments and be free to, to not care what the people around me think or feel about how I'm presenting myself. So I think the idea of getting to go somewhere and just be true to myself. And I'm not entirely sure what that looks like. I think I'm getting a better idea of it as I'm more honest with myself about wanting to be that version of me. But I also don't think it's something we ever fully figure out. Do you think you say that we never fully figure it out because you've never fully figured it out? Maybe, but I also think that as situations change and as seasons change and as we grow and even learn more about ourselves that we're always changing, I don't know. I think for me, I've always kind of looked at it as like I'm on a continual journey of figuring out the exact person I was created to be. And I think there's been some joy in that journey and I, and a lot of pain in that journey of trying to figure out the actual me I was created to be. But I think there's always going to be environmental factors and relationship factors that play into that. And so I don't, I don't think we ever get, I don't think I'll ever get there or, and I'm okay with that as long as I'm moving towards that true version of who I am. So there's a little bit of an inconsistency there. So on one hand, you say you want to move towards it. On the other hand, you say that you never arrive at it, mm -hmm. which kind of allows you an escape from actually showing hmm. up because you can use the excuse of, well, I'm changing or I'm never going to get there because we never get there instead of showing up as who you are. So I want to ask you, who are you? Like if you were to describe 
how you want to show up, what characteristics of Amanda are showing up to these relationships, to work, to opportunity, who is showing up when Amanda shows up. Someone who is genuine, someone who is kind, someone who is warm and welcoming and empathetic, someone who isn't afraid to share their opinion or to speak up, somebody who believes in others. and sees the best in everyone, but also someone who's not going to shrink back from an uncomfortable conversation. It's interesting to me that the first few characteristics that you you said describe someone who by all measure, by all account, everybody is gonna love genuine kind warm welcoming like all of that like everybody loves that person who shows up and there was just a few characteristics that you kind of left to the end that i i think that we can go to like those characteristics and because that's kind of like the hot button like the person who doesn't shrink back have you ever shown up and allowed yourself to not revert back into the safe cocoon that's comfortable to you? I have. It's rare that I'm willing to do that or feel comfortable enough to do that or trust my surroundings enough to do that. But it is definitely something I'm working on always doing. Showing up as the truest version of ourselves is not always an easy process. Amanda mentions in the episode that she is a two on the Enneagram, which for those of you who have journeyed with me know about the Enneagram. I'm a one, which is the perfectionist, and the two is called the helper. Now I'm going to link more on some information and a free assessment that you can take in the show notes. So you can go to thecouragecast.com and access those. But when we look at the two, which is known as the helper, what we begin to see is because of their innate desire to help others and even put the needs of others before their own, they can often slip into people pleasing. And if you're a people pleaser, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that need for approval and really doing things for other people before you even do things for yourself. Now, in the midst of trying to become the truest version of herself, Amanda is also really conscious of what others think of her and subsequently will try to become what the people around her need her to be. And as she begins to share with me the person that she desires to show up as, we kind of hit long silence in the conversation. Now, as a coach, I know the importance of giving people space and allowing them to have that silence, to process. And then sometimes they'll even come up with something that maybe they were not willing to share, even if it is uncomfortable. 
but I'm going to tell you, we sat in silence for quite some time before I finally had to break it because it was evident that Amanda was not going to say any more. And I was glad I did because of what came right after that. So why do you think you're not saying anything right now? Yeah, I'm waiting for you, I don't know, to validate it, to agree with it, to ask more questions about it. Because I don't always, I don't know, I don't always trust my own thoughts or ideas, which is difficult when I am trying to be someone who, you know, doesn't shrink back when things get difficult because there are definitely times where because I'm afraid of what people think, I want to be validated. So coming into a conversation and saying something that could potentially be um, perceived as controversial or not what the entire room wants to hear is probably not going to be the thing you do. I want it to be the thing I do. I like desperately want it to be the thing I do, but I haven't figured out how to get over that fear of needing to be accepted and it goes right back to wanting to just assimilate into the group, even though I have a desire to be my own self. It is so easy for me to go with the flow sometimes. I want to talk a little bit about what you really want for yourself, but before we do that, I, I want to, sh- to point out something to you. When I left space for you and you were, you know, looking for validation for me to say something, that's the moment that you can show up. The moment that you can step out and speak your truth and share what it is that's on your heart and what it is that you think or feel or believe and not wait for someone to come back and say, okay, well, tell me more. And I just want to validate that for you. I know that it's probably the thing that you're saying, well, I want you to validate what I'm saying, but I want you, I'm I'm really more wanting to validate that you can do that. The actual act of it. So I want to talk about who you want to be. That person that you are Um, becoming, that leader you are becoming. Talk to me about that person. I want to be the person that creates 
space for people and that accepts people, loves people, champions people, and helps people speak their truth, which is why I hate that I struggle with that on my own. I think creating space for people to speak their truth and to be who they are is probably one of the things I most desire to do. And even just sitting and listening to you, you know, explain to me why you gave me that space and time to speak made me realize that that isn't something we're all given. And I spent my whole life waiting to be given the space. Chasing the space, looking for the space, looking for someone to see that and give that to me. And I want to be able to do that for people so they don't have to fight for it. Because I feel like any space up until probably this point in my life where I've had the opportunity to speak my truth or say something that was on my heart was a space I had to fight for. And I don't think it's wrong to have to fight for something that you want or that you're passionate about, but I think there are spaces and places and people that should love to hear what someone has to say. And I don't know that I experienced a ton of that. And so, yeah, when I look at the person I want to be, I want to be someone who does that. Because I think allowing people to speak their truth can change the direction of their story. I love that, Amanda. And I want to give you that opportunity to speak your truth. So what is your truth? Uh, that, that is a loaded question I was not prepared for. I think it's easy sometimes to look at the possibility of empowering others and helping people and um, giving them space. But when we really don't even know what we want to say, then it's hard to lead them towards figuring out or discerning what it is that they want to say or they want to do or how they can navigate circumstances or situations in their life. So let's just even start there. It's not, you know, a really, really hard thing, but when you are navigating life and circumstances and situations, what is your truth? I think when I look at like, navigating life, I think one of the biggest truths I see for myself is my strength and resilience. Um, I think even looking at my own truth and how I navigate that in my own world is something that's so difficult for me because it's new to me. Feeling like my voice and my truth matters is literally something I feel like I maybe had started to understand like a few weeks ago. Can I ask what the catalyst was? I think for me, the catalyst for understanding and accepting or believing that my voice mattered had a lot to do with living in a space where my childhood trauma was continuing in my adulthood. 
because with what I experienced as a child, my voice never did matter. It was never heard. And I think that created this blockage in me that, that has taken a long time to get rid of. And I still, even as I'm saying, like, my voice matters, like I'm, I'm actually having to convince myself in my head, like, your voice matters. So this has definitely been a time for you to really figure out how to do that. Yeah. And some days I feel like I've got it. Some days I feel like I'm winging it. But I had to get to a point where I had to believe my voice mattered because I so strongly believe in the voices of others and that everyone else's voice matters. So if that's a truth I live by for everybody else, it needs to be something I live by for myself. You use the words strength and resilience as the two characteristics that you felt you were living out. Talk to me about how you embody strength and how you embody resilience. It's interesting to me that I use those two words because I've actually hated them most of my life for many, many years. Like I've had people say both of those things, like you are that. And I've never agreed or even really, I think, wanted them. But probably over the last year of my life, I've realized how vital those two characteristics have been in getting me to the place I'm at. And I think they both are a little bit interconnected. And when I look at my life and seeing some of the obstacles I've had to overcome and, and coming back from my childhood trauma and coming back from, you know, the loss of a parent and being able to not just be okay with some of those things, but to be able to grow, grow through them and come to the other side of some of those events as a happier, healthier, more joyful person, I think speaks to those two characteristics. And there's something that you said about how you didn't want your trauma and you didn't want the grief to define you. And instead you wanted the essence of who you are to be alive and well. What have you looked at that also in terms of relationships or um, in opportunities in your life and, and said, okay, I don't want the past or my need for validation to define me. And instead I want the essence of who I am to show up. I think if I genuinely allowed the essence of who I was to show up in my relationships and in my situations and in my job, that I'd probably be a lot happier and a lot more content with where I was in life. And I've never thought about which is funny because I feel like that should have been my automatic response to if I have these characteristics, I can apply them here, here, and here. How the strength and resiliency that I've used to personally overcome and move forward, how I could use those same characteristics 
in the rest of my life, but I've never connected that. So let's go there then. Let's, what is a fear about moving forward? I think my biggest fear about moving forward is that the things that I want to do or the things that I say won't always be well received and won't always land in everyone's world. I, and, and by that I mean that not everybody will understand what I'm trying to say or see the value or the importance in it. And so I think that's my biggest fear. Being validated can be both a good and a bad thing. It's great to have confirmation that we're on the right track, but if we allow validation to become our primary source of affirmation, then we can quickly become tethered to it. It becomes this ball and chain around our ankle and it really keeps us held to the past and held to those feelings that we've had that we're fighting so desperately to be free from. And in the past, Amanda has felt as though she had to fight to be seen and heard in her life. And that came as a direct result from the childhood trauma that she endured. She was desperate to voice her thoughts and to hear from someone that her opinion really does matter and that her truth is important. Now, this was a really powerful revelation, not only for her to realize, but also was needed to set her free to empower others. I loved when she said that speaking truth can change the direction of their story, because that's exactly what happened in this session for Amanda. The moment you know what your truth embodies is, becomes the moment that you truly begin to impact the lives of other people, whether be it in a church, a community, or even relationally one-on-one. The truth may even become something that guides your life and gives you an opportunity in the future. And I know for many people facing things in the past, it can be hard, but being able to turn those obstacles into something that can empower others is truly a beautiful thing. So as we begin to wrap up this session, I ask Amanda, now that she's stated her truth, she understands what it is that she really believes What is her biggest fear about moving forward? Can you give a little bit of context around that? Like, what would you possibly be saying that would land so badly? Man, this one's hard because in an ideal space, I feel like what I want to say would always land well, but... I think we're living in a weird place in society, in culture. Um, with, okay, yeah. I'm just, just going to stop you because I think what's happening is instead of just even going there, what you're doing is you are circling and not saying something for fear of whatever could be, you know, saying it out loud, it being recorded, um, all of those things. But what do you need to say? Like, what is that thing that you need to say that is just like in an ideal space, it's going to land. What does that mean? I think for me, like Andrea, I am 
so afraid to speak my truth in the church. And I, and I, okay, and I don't want to say that out loud because I don't want to say anything bad or negative about the church. Do you know what I mean? Because they're, they can be beautiful places that are so safe and warm and welcoming and loving, but they can also be the opposite thing. And so it's hard, it's hard for me to say that. I did say it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> you did say it out loud. And now that you, now that you have, how do you feel? Well, I feel great because currently it's just you and I. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I would say that to you in a heartbeat because I've said it a million times. So here is an interesting place because now it's a space where you've said it and it, it doesn't just become the essence of you, the truth of you, like in, in your own living room, in your own kitchen, mm -hmm. it becomes the essence and the truth of you in someone else's living room and in someone else's kitchen. And how, what do you want to say about people experiencing grief, experiencing trauma that are in the church? And what is that that you want to say? I want, like, I want people to know that it's, oh man, that it's okay to grieve and it's okay to be messy and it's okay not to be perfect and properly packaged. And that they don't have to live up to the expectations placed around them, that they can be real and, and hurt and cry. What do you think would happen to an individual if they had that safe space, if they were able to be in community or be in a church where there was safety to share vulnerably maybe what's happened in their life, how would that help them? It's the whole idea of not having to live in secrets or live in the dark. And the moment you have an opportunity in a safe community to share that, knowing that it's going to be safe, knowing that it's going to be kept in that conversation, knowing that it's going to be held properly, there is an opportunity for actual freedom from those emotions that sometimes keep us captive. So I think if someone yeah, was in a space where they felt like they could honestly share that pain or grief or anger or frustration and it was well-received and it was embraced and they were loved regardless, that that person would have would feel 
value and love and, and worth. I think the idea, I think for me sometimes as I was finding safe spaces to talk through some of those things, I felt so isolated. And the isolation that I felt only intensified the feelings of grief and pain. And so having a safe space and a safe community where you can talk about things, those things will break down the walls of isolation. With all of that, with everything that you've just shared with me and what do you want to do with that? I want to be able to help build safe community for people to be able to walk out their journeys of of grief or healing from trauma or, you know, to talk about mental health issues so that people can be free from some of the stigmas that are attached to that. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure how to put purpose behind that other than everybody deserves to have a safe space to help them heal and to be their authentic selves. And the more people engage with that, the more spaces there will be that do that. The one thing that really stood out to me a few seconds ago was you had said the difference between being in isolation and and not and how how does that impact people if they are in a community where they are not isolating and they are free to pursue that healing i think for me like i I can speak to my own situation with that the moment I felt safe in community and felt like I could be myself in community and I knew I was supported. I was able to dig into some of the harder parts of what needed to happen in order for me to heal. And I wouldn't have been able to do that in an isolated state because I needed the support and I needed the love and encouragement of a community. I needed to know that there were people that had my back, no matter what the outcome looked like. I needed to know there were people that would fight for me, that would pick up the phone and call if things got too messy. I needed to know that there were people that loved and valued me in order for me to face different parts of my journey in dealing with trauma and grief. How do you think we can be better at creating those spaces for others? I think we need to be, I think one of the big things we need to do to create those spaces is to be willing to be educated and and informed on different topics like mental health and childhood trauma and grief and addictions. I think we need to be informed. And then I think 
beyond that, we need to just be willing to love and to get rid of judgment and get rid of preconceived ideas about some of those topics and just be, just be there for people. Be willing to listen, even if it's uncomfortable for you and be willing to engage, even if you don't fully understand. And be willing to go to bat for people, even, even if it feels hard or heavy or overwhelming. So I'm going to pivot just for a second. Let's just say someone has um, – let's just say that there's someone listening right now and they are – in a community or in a position of leadership and they have recently encountered or had a conversation with someone who has been very vulnerable with them about one of those situations, childhood trauma, abuse, grief, addiction. What do they do? What's their next step? To be present, to be present for that person and to be present with them while they journey, to be willing to help them find resources, to be willing to educate themselves if they're not already educated on the topic. And to, to make space for that person, to, to be able to be there for that person. So I'm going to ask you again, what do you think your truth is? What do you have to tell the world? I think my truth, oh, the thing that I want to tell the world would, would be to be present and to love on people through their mess. I mean, that's just genuinely like what I want to do. I want to love people through their journeys. Because loving people through their journeys, it's, it's not going to look the same for every person. So we're, we all need different things and we all experience love differently. And so just being open to be present for people, to love them, to help them walk their path, to help them find their wholeness, to find their healing, and to help people find who they were created to be. So is that the essence of who Amanda is? Yeah. I do think that's the essence of who I am. How do you think you're going to approach your life differently now? I think I'm just going to, man, I don't know. I, oh. After all of that, I just don't want to live in fear anymore about what happens next because 
it's not about me. And it, at the end of the day, it's not about me. My truth isn't about me. It's about the people around me. And I don't want to be stuck in fear and not be able to be there for people to find who they are. Mm-hmm. Said like a true Instagram <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, that was and that's, that was and that's very okay. two of me, but that's <laughs> that's part of who I am. Mm -hmm. I find it, it, it's interesting because even, you know, from the beginning of the conversation till now and just allowing that, that space. um, One of the things I just want to encourage you is, is to allow yourself the, allow yourself to actually say the things that you want to say, whether they're, they're perfect or imperfect. Whether you have to take them back or whether or not you can say them eloquently the first time. I think that there is such a beauty in that rawness of being able to just say, okay, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking. And just put it out there. And I want to encourage you to take those risks and to not let fear hold you back from processing, as you said, being in the journey and being in that space where it feels a little bit uncomfortable at times because you might not know what's coming next or whether or not people are going to receive what you're saying. So I want to encourage you to step out in that even if it does feel scary. It feels terrifying, but I will take the encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how are you? How are you feeling after um, I feel good. I do feel like you could have asked me yesterday what my truth was and I could not have told you. So that feels really good. Well, that's positive. Yeah. I, the fact that I I literally, as much as I say all the time, like I want to do this thing and I want to do that thing and I want to do this thing. I don't think I've ever stopped and thought, okay, but what is my truth? Mm -hmm. And even like saying that I'm like, yeah, my truth absolutely fits into all the things I say I want to do. But I'd never sat down and put language around that. And it's interesting too, because I think a lot of times what ends up happening is um, the very thing that we struggle with or have struggled with is the thing that we do want to communicate Mm -hmm. to others. So for you to be saying, you know, okay, like I'm having a hard time articulating um, my message or I'm having a hard time articulating what it is I want people to know, you're actually saying I want to help people articulate the thing that they're not sure what to say, right. you know, and because you've had such a difficult time finding words, um, coming to terms with, um, the things that have happened and then saying them and then following through with 
the journey and the healing and the therapy and all of that stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, now you're faced with a person who is at the starting point of their journey. And it's like, they don't know what to say, mm -hmm. they don't know what to do. And, you know, whether it's language or it's action or it's, um, just silence and being present. Yeah. Like all those things are important d depending on the person. So, um, I think that is an interesting layering to this because I think for you now it is, um, understanding that that very thing that you were trying to find language around and space to heal and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like all those moments where it was like, um, you know, who do I talk to? When is this going to be over? You know, how long do I have to be in therapy? Yeah. All that kind of stuff is like the same thing people are figuring at the beginning of like, is this, you know, and that's why they don't want to do the mm -hmm. journey or the process because they, they don't have language around it and they don't know what to do and they don't know what comes next. And, and it's easier to stay in familiar and be, and just hide all that stuff away and not actually unpack it and deal with it and move through everything that they're experiencing. And now you on the other end of it, you know, having come very, very far away, right. um, you can look back and go, wow, like there's so many places where things had to change and, and spaces where I received this or I received this or I didn't. Mm -hmm receive receive what you wanted i think it's i think it's just an interesting space even for you to to take that and examine that and think about okay well, what does that look like what would that look like for me what does that look like for other people what does that look like in the church mm -hmm. what what would i want to do if anything right that? or is it just something i need to know for myself or is it something I mm -hmm. need to do so I applaud you for being candid for being authentic thank you it never ceases to amaze me when I see someone have a full circle moment and Amanda's truth needed to be stated succinctly, even though it took her a bit of time to realize. And I wanted to help her arrive at the next junction in her journey. So from the start to the finish, when she really wasn't even sure she could say anything, to really being so driven about what her truth is, it was amazing to see that moment and her come full circle and step into that space. And I kept recording after we were finished and you definitely could hear the change in Amanda once we were done. Yeah, she was probably really relieved and it was a mix of healthy anticipation of what comes next in, in her life and also the fact that she had really come to the truth of what she wanted. And after finally being able to state her truth, she knows how important her voice is in the world and that she has to be vulnerable enough to share herself with others so that they in turn can experience that same kind of freedom and healing that she has experienced. And friend, maybe you're experiencing the same thing. Maybe you're wondering what truth 
lies in your voice? What is the truth that you believe in? What is the opinion that you stand for that the world needs to know? Or what's happened in your life that would really make a difference in the lives of others? And I know that sometimes just trying to figure that out can feel really overwhelming and even feel a bit painful. So I want to encourage you to take that journey, to step out and really figure out what it is that you believe. What is your truth telling you and in turn telling the world? I'd love to chat with you about it. And you can find out more about how you can work with me privately one-on-one at andreacrisp.ca. And that's really what I love about coaching. There is always truth that can be found even in the messy parts of our lives. And trust me, it's not packaged perfectly. It never is. The truth that will bring us joy and perspective may even be able to empower someone else moving forward. So I want to thank you for joining me. And I want to thank Amanda for being the brave soul, the first person to share her story with you and with me here on the Courage Cast. It's my hope that you've been able to see the power of coaching and how it can really change the course of your life. And until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Krilling.